The following story is certified grim for adult themes and extreme bodily harm and may not be suitable for all listeners. Hello there and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a brother's grim tale. My name is Matthew Hughes and with me on this journey is my co-host Mr Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading. Rapunzel! So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a... Grim Reading! There were once a man and a woman who had long in vain wished for a child. At length, the woman hoped that God was about to grant her desire. These people had a little window at the back of their house, from which a splendid garden could be seen, which was full of the most beautiful flowers and herbs. Oh, nice. It was, however, surrounded by a high wall, and no one dared to go into it because it belonged to an enchantress named Dame Gothel. Dame Gothel? Who had great power and was dreaded by all the world. The whole world is scared of Dame Gothel. Yeah, you bet. Now... One day, the woman was standing by this window and looking down into the garden, when she saw a bed which was planted with the most beautiful rampion, brackets Rapunzel. Oh, Oh, and it looked so fresh and so green that she longed for it and had the greatest desire to eat some. Delicious Rapunzel. Did you know that it was going to be food, Rapunzel? I had absolutely no idea. I thought it was a woman. (laughs) No, that was a shock Um, to me, too. Imagine my surprise. (laughs) Well, anyway. This desire increased every day, and as she knew that she could not get any of it, she quite pined away and looked pale and miserable. Oh, no. Then her husband was alarmed and asked, What ails you, dear wife? Ah, she replied. (laughs) If I can't get some of the rampion which is in the garden behind our house, I shall die. Oh dear, whoa. Bit dramatic. A little bit. I don't think that's actually going to happen. The man who loved her thought, sooner than let your wife die, bring her some of the rampium yourself. Let it cost you what it will. In the twilight of the evening, he clambered down over the wall into the garden of the enchantress, hastily clutched a handful of rampion and took it back to his wife. She at once made herself a salad of it. A salad? And ate it with much delight. She, however, liked it so much, so very much, that the next day she longed for it three times as much as before. If he... <laughs> That's addiction. Specifically three times, yeah. That's yeah. Addiction. If he was to have any rest, her husband must once more descend into the garden. Uh-oh. In the gloom of evening, therefore, he let himself down again. But when he had clambered down the wall, he was terribly afraid, for he saw the enchantress standing before him. Uh, what's it, Dame Gothel? Dame Gothel. Oh, no. Herself. How can you dare, she said with an angry look, to descend into my garden and steal my rampion like a thief? You shall suffer for it. Ah, answered he. <laughs> Let mercy take the place of justice. I-, I only made up my mind to do it out of necessity. My wife saw your rampion from the window and felt such a longing for it that she would have died if she had not got some to eat. Then the enchantress allowed her anger to be softened and said to him, If the case be as you say, I will allow you to take away with you as much rampion as you will. Only I make one condition. Uh-oh. 
This this never fares well. Doesn't feel good, does it? Do, not really. <laughs> you must give me the child which your wife will bring into the world. It will be treated well, and I will care for it like a mother. The man, in his terror, consented to everything. And when the woman gave birth, the enchantress appeared at once, gave the child the name of Rapunzel, and took it away with her. Whoa! Whoa, 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 whoa! Slow down! Whoa, 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 whoa! Whoa! Back up, back up, back up! <laughs> that happened rather fast, <laughs> and didn't it? Just a bit. Oh. We set the stakes of the story. He's promised his own firstborn. Yeah. He's in a bit of a bind. I've been caught red-handed. I just agree to whatever you say. Yeah. Next sentence. It's happened. She's given birth. The child's gone. And it's called Rapunzel. Yeah. Just boom, boom, boom. Wow. Okay. A lot to take in there. Rapunzel grew into the most beautiful child beneath the sun. When she was 12 years old, the enchantress shut her into a tower, which lay in a forest and had neither stairs nor door, but quite at the top was a little window. When the enchantress wanted to go in, she placed herself beneath it and cried, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair to me. Uh, hence the famous line. Exactly. Ah. Rapunzel had magnificent long hair, fine as spun gold. And when she heard the voice of the enchantress, she unfastened her braided tresses, wound them round one of the hooks of the window above, and then the hair fell 20 L's down, and the enchantress climbed up by it. Excuse me, L's? 20 L's down, sir. What's an L? It's a defunct form of measurement. What's an, how many L's to a metre? I can't think of the top of my head, but we will be coming across that later. I know <laughs> 45 inches to an L. Basically, Adam, 20 L's is about 22 metres. That hair must be getting right in the way. <laughs> so she's climbing up. The enchantress is getting up there, up and down the tower via the hair. After a year or two, it came to pass that the king's son rode through the forest and went by the tower. Then he heard a song, which was so charming that he stood still and listened. This was Rapunzel, who in her solitude passed her time in letting her sweet voice resound. The king's son wanted to climb up to her and looked for the door of the tower, but none was to be found. Uh oh. He rode home, but the singing had so deeply touched his heart that every day he went out into the forest and listened to it. Once, when he was thus standing behind a tree, he's just hanging out, he <laughs> saw that an enchantress came there uh -oh. and heard how she cried, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. Then Rapunzel let down the braids of her hair and the enchantress climbed up to her. If this is the ladder by which one mounts, I will go at once to try my fortune, said he. And the next day, when it began to grow dark, he went to the tower and cried, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair! Immediately, the hair fell down and the king's son climbed up. At first, Rapunzel was terribly frightened when a man such as her eyes had never yet beheld came to her. I'm sure. But the king's son began to talk to her quite like a friend and told her that his heart had been so stirred that it had let him have no rest, and he had been forced to see her. Then Rapunzel lost her fear, and when he asked her if she would take him for her husband, and she saw that he was young and handsome, she thought, He will love me more than old Dame Gothel does. And she said, Yes, and laid her hand in his. Oh, sweet. She said, I will willingly go away with you, but I do not know how to get down. Hmm. Bring with you a skein of silk every time that you come, and I will weave a ladder with it. And when that is ready, I will descend, and you will take me on your horse. She's weaving a ladder. She's going to weave a ladder. She's got a plan to escape. Why don't she just cut hair off? And Adam 
has found the biggest plot hole <laughs> in the entire story in one <laughs> fell swoop. <laughs> Why doesn't she just cut her hair off and tie it up? Boy, she's got it right there. <laughs> well, should we end the episode there? The thing is, look, she's probably kicking herself about that later. Oh, yeah. She's probably talking to her therapist. And she's yeah. like, why didn't I do it? Maybe I didn't want to leave, really. Yeah. You know, maybe uh, I was just too vain. We don't know, Adam. We don't know. Why didn't she just cut her, her hair? hair. <laughs> well, you've ruined the story. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, but, you know... Only the best ladder for Rapunzel. Of silk course. ladder. Silk and ladder. Adam, I only use silk ladders. I, I <laughs> Absolutely. Don't, I don't know what you're doing. Silk ladders. Silk mm. for me, mate. They agreed that until that time, he should come to her every evening, for the old woman came by day. So they've got it sorted out. He's coming to visit her. The yep. enchantress doesn't know anything about it because she comes during the day. Yeah. So the enchantress remarked nothing of this, because she doesn't know anything about it, until once Rapunzel said to her... Tell me, Dame Gothel, how it happens that you are so much heavier for me to draw up than the young king's son. He is with me in hardly a minute. What are you doing? Why would you say that? Ah, you wicked child! Oh dear. Cried the enchantress. What do I hear you say? I thought I had separated you from all the world, and yet you have deceived me. No, you misheard me. I said, (laughs) uh... (laughs) I was saying the evening sun. I, oh. In her anger, she clutched Rapunzel's beautiful tresses, wrapped them twice round her left hand, seized a pair of scissors with her right, and snip-snap, they were cut off, and the lovely braids lay on the ground. No! She was so pitiless that she took poor Rapunzel into a desert where she had to live in great grief and misery. What? She just took her into a desert? Took her to a desert. Straight from the forest into the desert. On the same day that she cast out Rapunzel, the enchantress fastened the braids of her hair which she had kept onto the hook of the window. She's hung up Rapunzel's hair on the window like you were suggesting she did. Rapunzel did the first time. And in the evening, when the king's son came and cried, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair! She let the hair down. The king's son ascended, but he did not find his dearest Rapunzel above, but the Enchantress, Uh-oh. who gazed at him with wicked and venomous looks. <laughs> Aha! she cried mockingly. <laughs> you would fetch your dearest, but the beautiful bird sits no longer singing in the nest. The cat has got it and will scratch out your eyes as well. Oh, no. Rapunzel is lost to you. You will never see her more. The king's son was beside himself with pain, and in his despair, he leapt down from the tower. Uh, Broke both his legs. A little bit worse than that. He escaped with his life, but the thorns into which he fell pierced his eyes. Oh, that's unfortunate. All the pla- he landed eyes first into some thorns. That is bad luck, that is. Always go feet first into <laughs> yeah, thorns. Always, always. Then he wandered quite blind about the forest, ate nothing but roots and berries, and did nothing but lament and weep over the loss of his dearest wife. Oh, it's awful. Thus he roamed about in misery for some years, and at length came to the desert where Rapunzel, with the twins to which she had given birth, a boy and a girl, Wait, what? lived in wretchedness. <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> he heard a voice, and it seemed so familiar to him that he went towards it, and when he approached, Rapunzel knew him and embraced him and wept. 
Two of her tears wetted his eyes, and they grew clear again. Whoa, what? And he could see with them as before. That's handy. He led her to his kingdom, where he was joyfully received, and they lived for a long time afterwards, happy and contented. The end. It's intense. I mean, it's a classic. It's a bona fide classic. It is, isn't it? I was just waiting to hear that immortal line, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. Yeah. That is one of the most famous lines, surely. Absolutely, it's iconic. Maybe with the exception of what big teeth you have. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, it's it, up it, there with that. It's up there, right? Yeah. They're probably the only two things we'd know from fairy tales. Yeah, from I'm trying to think. Room. Yeah. Is there a really famous line from Cinderella? I don't think so. Not a line Not quite like that that cuts through everything. Is that what you expected? You know Rapunzel, right? But you... I don't. That's the thing. Mm. I think I know Rapunzel. Yeah. I've got a vague idea of a princess in a tower, locked in a tower, yeah. lets down her hair for the prince to come up. They escape somehow. That, that was basically the extent yeah. of my yeah. awareness of it. So I didn't really know the story. I suppose the iconic part of this story, unlike Hansel and Gretel, where the actual story is famous, yeah. is uh, the image of, the image a, of the hair of a woman in the tower with the hair. Yeah. Whereas actually the story, perhaps, we're not familiar with. Yeah. So she's not a princess. No, she's not at all. She just lives in a little cottage overlooking a nicer house with a big garden. Well, no, she doesn't. The mummy does. And then she gives birth to her and names her after a salad. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you said she made a salad of it, so her name's basically Lettuce. Pretty much. Lettuce. I'll call you... Lettuce. Spinach. <laughs> little gem. My little gem. My little gem. <laughs> well, Rapunzel is an edible flower from the genus Campanula rapunculus, or rampion. The leaves of the flower were once used like spinach, so she is named after a salad. Which was right. the biggest surprise to me in this whole story. Absolutely. I would not have predicted that in a million years. But it's not commonly eaten anymore. No. So just by virtue of that, we had no idea that she's named after a, a flower. Because she could quite easily have been called Lettuce. Yeah. And that's absolutely. what she, the story yeah. would lettuce. be called. Lettuce. 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 Let down your hair. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so that's a surprise. It was a massive surprise. Uh, I didn't think it would start with... The parents, they were out of the picture pretty quickly. Yeah. This woman was just w- wanted to give birth and was yeah. just like, I need that rampion. Get <laughs> yeah. me that rampion! She had a craving. And uh, once she had it, she needed it three times as much. <laughs> yeah. And he gets caught and obviously the rest is history. Enchantress <laughs> takes her off, sticks her in a tower. I don't know why. I mean, the, 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 yeah. the aims of her, yeah. the, like the purpose of yeah. that is never made clear. And I don't really get that. Well, there's something a bit Rumpelstiltskin-y about it. Yes, being promised the firstborn. People are always wanting to take people's kids away. Yeah. You picked up there on Let Your Hair Down. Yeah, I was thinking, is <laughs> is that the uh, origin of the phrase, to let one's hair down? 
I don't know. You don't <laughs> but know. I like to think so. Yeah, me too. The phrase let your hair down means to loosen up, have a bit of fun. Exactly, yeah. Right? Yeah. If you think the uh, Rapunzel lets her hair down, what happens? The prince climbs up, up to the tower. For the fun time. So, let's explore that aspect of this story. So, that kind of ties into a question I have that sprung <laughs> up later in the story. I think you know what I'm going to ask. I think I have an inkling. He, he's blinded later on in the story, stumbles yep. across her in the desert yep. with twins. Dun, dun, dun. I have to ask, mm. were his visits in some way conjugal? Let me Allow me to answer that question for you, Adam. <laughs> and the way I can answer that question for you... <laughs> is to dip our toes into a little bit of the history of the story. Sure. So, as we've seen, the Brothers Grimm cleaned up and censored the more unbecoming aspects of their tales as they edited and revised them. Yeah. Therefore, the first version of their fairy tale book is usually the darkest or most adult. Rapunzel has probably the clearest and most notorious example oh, of this censoring. I can't wait for this. <laughs> Do you remember how in the story the, the witch found out she'd been seeing the prince... How did she find out? Because in a moment of absolute stupidity, Rapunzel just blurts out, Oh, you're really heavy. You're, you're much heavier than the prince that's been coming up here. Oh, wait, what? I didn't mean no. it. No. Oh. <laughs> that is a real face palm moment. Yeah. Well, would you like to hear how it went down in the first version? I would love to. Okay, I'm going to quote from the first version to you. <sighs> Excellent. Uh, so the prince has come up into the tower. At first, Rapunzel was terribly afraid, but soon the young prince pleased her so much that she agreed to see him every day and pull him up into the tower. Thus, for a while, they had a merry time and enjoyed each other's company. Oh, yeah. The fairy didn't become aware of this. The fairy? She's a fairy in the first version. Right. We'll get to that part later. Don't yeah. worry. She didn't become aware of this until one day Rapunzel began talking and said to her, Tell me, Mother Gothel, why are my clothes becoming too tight? They don't fit me anymore. Oh! Originally, the witch found out Rapunzel had been seeing the prince because her belly was getting bigger. Mm-hmm. She, mm-hmm. She's pregnant. As the tales became more popular amongst children and families, conservative members of German society were criticising the stories. Sure. So basically, they were forced to fix this illicit reference to sex. Yeah. The first change was to remove the tight dress remark, and they added, they loved each other dearly, like man and wife. Okay, so it's it's all good and proper. And then later, they added that the man specifically asked to marry her straight away. Oh, all right, yeah, so there's nothing untoward There's happening. nothing untoward, no. it's all above board, thank nothing you. Nothing of the sort. So, actually, if you think about it, what I can only think of is a genius piece of sexism. In one sentence, they turned Rapunzel from an understandably ignorant girl of the effects of, of sex and pregnancy sure. into a complete moron yeah. whilst also sort of claiming that the bad evil woman is overweight yeah. and heavy. Making it her fault. That is an inspired sexism. <laughs> it's incredible, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. If you think about that, it's a story about a girl getting pregnant, which is kind of mad. It's mad. And uh, puberty and sexual yeah. desire. Yeah. And it's sort of the ultimate kids fairy tale if you think of Rapunzel yeah, right? completely has that surprised you? it definitely has I did not imagine there to be that angle to the story at all <laughs> I mean they've not completely erased mm. that happening because yeah. 
out of nowhere at the end. She's just in, like, cause I, I love the image of her in the desert anyway. Like, she's just in the desert. There's nothing there. Just stood there. Um, um. And she's got twins. <laughs> One in each arm. <laughs> just looking just around. It's like, what now? So, it's obviously not been completely erased. Yeah. They've just sort of wallpapered over the explicit parts. So, it's still a story about that. Sure. But it's just it's... been buried. Absolutely, yeah. So, mad, isn't it? I have a question about what transpires in the desert. So he's he's stumbling around with just completely blind. So he he stumbles across her. Yeah. She cries into his eyes mm. and mends them. What? How? Handy. She's not an enchantress. It's pretty handy. Little bit of uh, plot contrivance there. Adam, listen. He was blind without her because he loved her. Ah. And when their love was reunited. When two become one. I suppose. Yeah. It's just pure symbolism, isn't it? It's just pure. I'm blind without you, so I can't see without you. I can't see without you, baby. He was like begging. I mean, it's a, it's a, <laughs> Take it's me a, back. It's right? a boy band song that just writes itself. And he's like, Those, it's like babies I can hear crying. She's like, um, we need to talk. Have <laughs> <laughs> um, we got some catching up to do, mate? I suppose there's always a, a magical ending that fixes everything. Let's just yeah. wave the wand. And fix it all up. They paint themselves into a corner narratively and then go, um... And then it was just fine. Yeah. It's just fine. You picked up their fairy. Fairy Gothel. Fairy Gothel. From Fairy Gothel to Dane Gothel. Been promoted. Gothel. I think that is either a generic name for an old lady. And it could also be... I think I read somewhere that it's like a, a, a derivative of Godmother. I don't know. Like but a fairy she, godmother. Exactly. Boom, yeah. She was a fairy in the first version. So a little more history here for you, Adam. She was changed to an enchantress mm-hmm. or a witch or an ogress from the Brothers Grimm political agenda, basically, because they believed fairies were too well, French. French. I was going to say that does sound a bit French, doesn't it? Because fairies are a huge part of the French literary yeah. fairy tale tradition which had been around for a long time before the Brothers Grimm stories. So anything to do with fairies made them a bit uncomfortable, which explains why we are reading fairy tales. We've read about 30 and we've never actually met a fairy. That's so true. Because they they got rid of them all. And technically we still haven't. But interestingly with that, if if that is, so that's like one school of thought that Gothel is like a derivative, like Godmother is a derivative of that or the other way around. Mm. They're they're linked etymologically speaking. Mm. Fairy Godmother in popular culture, in stories, is a benevolent figure. Yes. But not here. That's just weird. Well, you've touched on another really interesting thing. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think, I don't know much about the French fairy tale stuff. If you're just listening to us now, we know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Just get that out of the way. We're learning as we go, and we're kind of uh, skating on thin ice permanently. Yeah. But my understanding is that fairies in French fairy tales are kind of ambivalent, Right. In terms of their morality. So neutral. However, you can take it actually further than that. So you can think that witches, what we have now is a witch. You could also see this as clearly a way of demonising women. 
yeah. and the, and the yeah. powerful female characters. So there's an argument to be made that witches are basically a product of the Christian demonization of pagan goddesses and fairies that were once, as you say, benevolent or even worshipped figures. Yeah. So you could say that in fairy tales that it's the trickle, it's the echo of this old belief in fairies. But as you get further and further along, fairy tales and folklore, when it gets picked up by someone like the Brothers Grimm... It becomes all about witches. They're a bit uh, uncomfortable with all this. Sure. And they might sort of begin to demonise those figures. Yeah. Which could be considered sort of heretical almost, these uh, fairies and, and... You know, there, there are still priests today... I read, I read the other day in Poland, I think like literally last week, uh, a priest was burning books of Harry Potter because wow. they promote witchcraft. Yeah. And if that's happening in 2019, yeah. just think three, four hundred exactly, years yeah. ago, stories about witches and fairies yeah. were perhaps quite subversive. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Along these lines, as you say, you know, why did she brick her up in a tower? Well, specifically, it was when she became, I think she said, 12 years old. Which uh, I think yeah. in medieval times possibly was the time you would be allowed to consummate a marriage. So she's maybe protecting her. So you could see that as benevolent. You could do. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. Because obviously the thing she's mad about is the fact she's been seeing this fella. Exactly. <laughs> Behind her back. I told you not to see this boy. <laughs> but I want to. <laughs> You're not the boss of me. You'll thank me when you're older. <laughs> It's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is very interesting. You know, if you want to go there, you can say it kind of... You, you de-empower women, figures, who exist outside of the patriarchal structure. Yeah. So if you have an all-powerful female figure, you they're demonised. They're shown to be evil sure. and scary rather than benevolent. Like a king. Exactly. Yeah. tiny little bit on the origins of this story. The brothers got this story from an already published work. Ooh. Friedrich Schultz's Rapunzel was published in a book called Klein Roman in 1790. So basically a bloke called Friedrich had already written a Rapunzel story in 1790. Nice. Like 30 years prior, 20 yeah. years prior. But Schultz's story was based on an older French tale. A hundred years previously, in 1698, the story Persinette by Charlotte Rose du Camon de la Force appeared in the fairy tale book Le Conte du Conce. Persinette is not Rapunzel, which basically translates to parsley. Oh, parsley. Or little parsley, I guess. Oh, lovely parsley. <laughs> Why don't you sing me a song? However, de la Force took this story from the story Petrocinella which is Parsley, again, published 70 years previously in 1634, written by our old friend... Oh, yes. Giambattista Basile. Oh, no one goes <laughs> over the top quite like him. <laughs> so, there's a long literary tradition to this story. And although the Grimms do state that they believe the story of Rapunzel is from oral folklore, there is a long literary tradition that we can trace back to the 17th century in Naples. Wow. That's all we're going to go into with the origins. However, if you are interested, I would like to point you in the direction of the Singing Bones podcast, 
which mm-hmm. we've talked about before. We have. we have. In our Christmas episode, we mentioned that. The episode on Rapunzel's fantastic. The host, she explores the backstory, actually, of the French lady, uh, Madame de la Force, who has an amazing story. So if you're interested, yeah. like her personal I'm story. Gonna, I'm going to check that out. Perfect. Because, Adam, we, we, you know, we're going to leave the origins alone because we've got bigger fish to fry. Oh, we're gonna leave do you know that. what you're going to want with that fish, Matt? Yeah, oh yeah, what's that? I love a little bit parsley. Oh. The least flavourful of all the herbs. Oh, now that's controversial. Oh, I wouldn't that's say so. That's controversial. I like a good bit of parsley myself. Isn't it just a flavourless garnish? Um, well, it's because maybe you're not using it right. Oh, what am I, what am I doing with that? <laughs> Stop eating it. <laughs> Put it down. He's <laughs> just gnawing on it right now. Well, okay, we won't be having parsley or Rapunzel on our fish that we're frying. <laughs> so, as we mentioned earlier, the line... Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair is perhaps the most famous fairy tale quote, maybe, except, you know, what big teeth you have. Sure. This made me think about the hair. 20 L's. 20 L's. Is how high up she was. Yeah. There's basically, there's no standard measurement to an L. But I found that in England, it was around 45 inches. Right. So I think we'll go with that. In in Germany, sometimes it could be half as much as that. Sometimes it could be about the same. But in England, it was generally 45 inches. So we'll go with that. 45 inches, yeah. 45 times 20 is 900. Because it's 20 L's. At 45 inches per L, we get 900 inches. Yeah. That is uh, about 22.8 meters, so 23 meters, or 72 feet. That's a lot of hair. 23 meters of hair bunched up on her head. Now, is this even humanly possible Mm. to have 20 L's worth of hair? (laughs) Well, How long does it take to grow that? Well... According to the Guinness Book of World Records, <laughs> so just I love where this drink. is going. Sorry, I was drinking a bit of water and it. Guinness Book of World Records caught me by surprise. Go on. Well, the world record holder, previous champion for world longest hair on a human head, yeah, was a Thai man named Hu Seitao. Yeah. On the twenty-first of November, nineteen ninety-seven. Whose lengthy locks were unravelled and officially measured at a hair-raising 5.15 meters or 16. That is feet. falling well short of the target. Well short, isn't it? Yeah. Good effort, though. However, who was dethroned oh, by no. a Vietnamese man named Tran Van Hay, who smashed the record with 6.3 meter long Ooh, hair? It's a big step forward. I mean, uh, that doesn't happen overnight, though. It's not a spectator sport, that one. Well, you know, the thing is, so Tran Van Hay, I think, was about 73. But Rapunzel is a, is a teenager. Yeah. So, teenagers, how long can they grow their hair? <laughs> I, I know that's the next question you were thinking, that's Adam. It's a, a question Allow on everybody's lips. Allow me to answer it, listeners. Please do. Nilanshi Patel, uh-huh. a 16-year-old girl from Gujarat, set a new record for the longest hair on a teenager's head with 1.7 metres or 5 feet long hair. Woefully short. Uh, I know, right? Barely even going to reach the ground. She'd been growing her hair since she was six years old, apparently, following a bad experience at the hairdressers. <laughs> <laughs> How bad? However, I found someone who seemed beat uh, Nilanshi. There was there's a Ukrainian girl. She has hair 2.35 meters long. Not even close. Not even close. Well, you know, there might be some more contenders out there, Adam. Just to let you know, if you're, if you're interested in exploring this, if you head over to Canal on the 12th of November, 
you'll enjoy the annual Lithuanian long hair competition. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> where, as well as official hair measuring, contestants show their singing and dancing skills and parade on the catwalk. Oh, it's a shame, isn't it? The long hair's not enough these days. You've got to <laughs> oh, dance, haven't you? Uh, in 2018, 180 women competed, and the winner won a trip for two to the European Parliament. <laughs> so maybe there's someone, there's a Lithuanian out there yeah. who can get to 20 L's. Uh, I'd also just like to point out while we're on the subject that in 1964, David Bowie formed a society to defend men with long hair. What? Okay. Because he felt they were getting abuse on the streets. Why that? What, how is the society protecting them? I don't know. No! I've got a badge. <laughs> Leave me be. I right. uh, thought that was an interesting fact. That was an interesting fact. <laughs> Didn't expect David Bowie to be popping up. So, basically, Tram Van Hay, 6.3, and a, there's a, teen- a teenage for a teenager, yeah. 2.35. Impressive, but are we going to get up a tower, Adam? It's not looking likely. Not much. You'll get in an upstairs window, I think. Now, on a similar note, you picked up on in the story biggest plot hole absolutely mm. chop the hair off you've got it right there you could be down that night and tie it up tie it to the window and you just slide down it what are you doing which is exactly what happened with the enchantress later she yeah. tied up rapunzel's hair yeah so it even happens in the story yeah, exactly which actually interestingly enough is a plot hole but it also makes what happens in that much more tragic because it's one thing for people to be trapped in a situation with literally no escape mm-hmm. and th- bad things to happen. Mm-hmm. But to be trapped in a situation where they could have got out of it, but they just didn't think. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's heavy. Like, the pathos. But also perhaps, you know, on, <laughs> if we're going to go psycho- like <laughs> look into the psychology of the character, maybe she didn't want to. Because a part of her liked being up in the tower. A little bit of her, it's scary to leave. Mm-hmm. So she was delaying Loss it. of innocence. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand as well, we have to think of the symbolism. So the hair is perhaps symbolising her youth, her goodness almost. So maybe this is to do with the, symbol, the symbolism. The sweetness and then when, and the when the Enchantress cuts off her hair, it's a kind of a punishment almost, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's heavy stuff. It is heavy stuff. Interesting. But massive plot hole. Do you have any inkling of a score, what you could give this story? What do you think? What do you think of Rapunzel? Because this is one of the most famous ones we've Mm, had. It is. How has it struck you? I like it. I like it. I mean, Mm. it's a story with twists and turns, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's a deceptively simple one. Mm -hmm. Like, there's not loads and loads of crazy stuff happening all over the shop. It's pretty simple. But there is something quite satisfying about it. Um, it's a tricky one. So that's the other thing about this story, right? It's massively open to interpretation. You could think it's sexist or empowering. You could think it's about, as you said, loss of innocence. Yeah. Which it is a little bit. You know, ultimately, at the end of the day, you've got to leave your tower. And it's hard and it's difficult. But one way or another, you are leaving that tower. And ultimately, it's for the good. It's a classic coming-of-age story, Matt. Oh, (laughs) isn't it? Isn't it? Though? Isn't it just? There's that idea of like feeling safe, but also feeling suffocated. Sure, I like to think that in the end they were reunited with her um, actual mother and father. 
Yeah, they just disappeared, didn't they? Completely. <laughs> but in a few sentences in, just gone. I, I feel you're not sure. I about score. have a figure in mind. I think I'm going to give this story an eight. That's very, that's very high. I, was, I had a feeling you might go lower. In the moment, I'm Good. enjoying it. Okay. I enjoyed that story. It doesn't, it doesn't have that edge to push it into the sort of 8.5, 9, 9.5. Yeah. I, think, I mean, no, there's definitely some interesting imagery. Instead, and after you prompted me on certain things afterwards, it does mm. make you think. The symbolism with the hair and the tower and, mm-hmm. and mm. loss of youth, loss of innocence. And sort of excellent points surrounding the Dame Gothel. There's, there's lots of interesting stuff to unpack. Matt, score. I, I really, really liked it. I like that when you think of Hansel and Gretel, that's notoriously dark. Yes. Right? You instantly think cannibalism, deep dark woods, evil witch, scary, yeah. scary. But when you think of Rapunzel, you think colourful, for kids, picture yeah. book kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. But actually, it's not in the slightest. In fact, it's perhaps one of the most grown-up stories we've read. Yeah. Guy gets his eyes pierced out of his head. Yep. And also, you know, it offers a big window into the Grimm's intentions as well, that they changed that aspect of it Mm -hmm. and that they changed the fairy. And she's named after a salad. I know. What? Letters. I was tempted to give it a 9.5. But I think I'm going to give it... I I I think that's maybe going a bit too mad. And in the moment, I feel I'd be happy to give it a 9. So I'm going to give it a 9. Give it a 9. Excellent. So that is a 17. 17... Out of 20. That's high. It's pretty high. Well done, Fantastic. Rapunzel. Yeah. Good, good, good lettuce. <laughs> so, we are now at the end of our first series. End of series one or season one. How are you feeling, Matt? Uh, I'm okay. He's <laughs> fine. Yeah, we've been going pretty much bang on a year now. Yep. And we're just going to draw it all to a little close. And we're going to have a little break for a couple of months. Just just for the, a couple of months in summer. We'll be back later in the year. and uh, Absolutely. Coming back for, I guess, series two. Yeah, I guess series two. Shall we call <laughs> it that? Let's call it series two. <laughs> the time off will not just be complete break we're working on some behind the scenes stuff for the podcast hopefully and there'll be bits and pieces coming out on social media and and the like adam's gonna pick the first stories we'll be reading in the next series but before we do that we've got a final message to read out from the competition we ran at the beginning of the year to finish off we've got a lovely email from chris who says The episode that got me closest to crashing the car with laughter was, undoubtedly, the story of the youth who went forth to learn what fear was. Any story that involves a bet for the hand of a princess, a massacre of household pets, a galloping four-poster bed, which is a personal favourite of mine, nine-pin bowling with a disembodied set of legs, beating an evil spirit around the head and face with an iron rod, and the princess finally teaching the youth how to shudder after their wedding night. Oh! Definitely gets my vote. Keep up the great work, guys. Saucy. That's a great, great message. So thanks, Chris. Oh. And uh, I kind of agree. That's one of my favourite stories, so if not my favourite. It's fantastic. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much. 
And thanks to everyone else who sent through messages for that competition. We absolutely loved the, the book competition. Yeah. That was one of the highlights it of our really year. It really was. It showed that people are actually listening to it, which is yeah. quite nice. Because sometimes we're like, uh, is anyone listening? Are we just, am I just reading a story at Adam? <laughs> so yeah, we were, we were absolutely overwhelmed by the response to the competition. So thank you so much to everyone who got involved. Yeah, thank you very much. It was fantastic. And uh, if you remember, Adam, our winner was Dawn. I do remember that. And she got a copy of Hansel and Gretel and other stories from Pook Press, mm-hmm. a lovely fairy tale book sent to her. And Dawn, amazingly, has made an animation, stop motion animation, yep. with her copy of Hansel and Gretel and other stories by the Brothers Grimm. It's great. It's really great. As it's sort of the book flicks through uh, the different stories, different characters from the book sort of like moving around. It's really well done. She sent us the video and uh, it should, all being well, it should already be out on the blog and our YouTube channel. Yes, we have a YouTube channel. Not sure what we're doing with it yet, but... Oh, it'll come into its own. We'll figure that out. (laughs) So you'll be able to see Dawn's amazing animation. There'll be a link in the description somewhere. Yeah, it'll be around. You'll find it. Brilliant. We've had a few more messages, actually. We have. So we had a wonderful story sent in from Darren Christie. We did. Called The Quill, The Rolling Pin and The Frog. Now, this is a, this is a story that he's penned himself as a kind of parody of the Brothers Grimm with lots of references to stuff we've talked about in the podcast so far. And it's properly, genuinely funny. Uh, Matt and I were really, really <laughs> chuckling about that. So... Um, I think what we're going to do is pop that up on the blogs for everyone to read and uh, yeah. check that out. The uh, the quill, the rolling pin, and the frog. It's very very funny. We've inspired someone to write an actual fairy tale. <laughs> actual fairy tale. Yeah. Original fairy tale. It's great. So we can't wait to share that with everyone. Thank you so much for that, Darren. We've also um, had a message from Gemma Bull, who sent us a little poem she'd written called "A Grim Pastiche," oh, which yeah. is a sort of a wry look. Uh, a wry attempt at a fairy tale herself as well. Gemma said that she's finding our podcast super informative and entertaining. And we've made her laugh out loud in public more than once, much to the concern of some fellow London commuters, which, speaking for myself and Adam here, I think is like the pinnacle of what we're hoping to achieve. Making people laugh on public transport. It's it's the ultimate goal. (laughs) So thank you, Gemma, and thank you for your pastiche. And we've had lots of other lovely messages. Thank you so much to everyone else who's been in touch as well, not just for the competition, but for everything else. Yeah. Thank you very much. One of our most recent messages was from a listener on Instagram called Lisa Marie, who has very kindly offered to take us up on something we asked a long time ago. So going back a bit now, we read a story called The Louse and the Flea, and there's a rhyme in there that we... uh, were pontificating on, wondering if house is burning. <laughs> if it rhymed in the original German, and I, we may matter. I might have said at the time in the podcast if there are any German speakers, if they could sort of verify that. And Lisa Marie has got in touch and confirmed that actually, indeed, in the original German, it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa Marie has offered to be a German language consultant for the podcast. Fantastic. <laughs> so she will be able to check if we're wondering what on earth's going on there. Why is Rumpelstiltskin dancing around, <laughs> screaming a weird song? 
Uh, What's happening? <laughs> Why is she called Dame Gothel? All this stuff. Lisa Marie hopefully will be able to help us. That's great. And uh, I can't wait to... <laughs> to, to outsource to more work. Exactly. <laughs> Finally, before we go, Adam will be picking the next four stories we'll be reading at the beginning of series two. It'll be a little while before you hear these stories, but we want to get prepared so you know what you're in for come the next series. So, I've had a look through our list. It's bloody intense. And I've picked the next four stories I want to hear. So, as always, Matt has no idea what I've picked. When we get back after the break, I would like to hear The Golden Goose. The Golden Goose. Very exciting. Yeah. I'm assuming it lays golden nuggets, little golden eggs. I think that might be a different story, but we might find out. Oh, well, let's find out. <laughs> let's find out in several months. <laughs> <laughs> or you can just go read it yourself now. <laughs> but please don't. I would also like to hear the pack of ragamuffins. <laughs> oh, also good. known as Riff Raff. <laughs> a little AKA for the story. AKA Riff Raff. Can't wait for that. The next story I want to hear is The Three Spinners, which has a also has a subtitle Ooh. of Nasty Flex Spinning. Nasty Flex Spinning. <laughs> flex Spinning was nasty. I think that's related to Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, that, then we're in for a treat. We're in for a treat, sir. I think I came across that when I was doing the research for Rumpelstiltskin. Which, of course, leads us on to the fourth story I'd like to hear mm. in the next series. Technically, the title of this story, according to our list, is The Elves. But it's also known as, more famously known as, perhaps, The Elves and the Shoemaker. I feel there's a weight off my chest, my shoulders. That has been the number one story I want to hear. Has it really? That entire year. I've been waiting for you to pick that. That's amazing. I didn't really have much exposure to fairy tales as a kid. But The Elves and the Shoemaker... Uh, is is very strong in my mind. Actually. Is it really the image of the shoemaker and the little elf? Okay, fantastic. Can't wait for those. So, what have, what have we got to look forward to in the next series? So, we have got to look forward to the golden goose, the pack of ragamuffins. Coming up after that, we've got the three spinners, and then of course the famous the elves and the shoemaker. Right. It's been an absolute pleasure. It has. I've got to shoot off. I'm heading to the port. Your horse is saddled. We will see you next time. Thank you so much for sticking with us to this point or for just listening to Rapunzel if this is your first episode. Yeah, welcome aboard. It's been a joy. Thanks very much, everyone. Bye! Bye! See ya. Bye. You can email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod. Also on Instagram and Facebook, grimreading. You can find us on Podbean, podbean.com slash grimreading. And we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim. <laughs>